In Jesus' famous sermon called the Olivet Discourse in Matthew 24, the disciples asked him, Lord, what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answered that question in that sermon. And Daniel 12 delves into that question as well. We'll learn about the end of the age today on Walk in Truth. You're listening to the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance. It's our goal to build up believers and reach out with God's truth to all people. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Now, we ended last time as we looked at a period of time called the 70th week of Daniel. In that time, Michael, Daniel 12, 1, the great prince who stands guard over the sons of your people, Israel, will Ahmad. He will arise, literally can mean to stand still. And there will be a time of distress, Daniel 12, 1, such as has never occurred since there was a nation. Here the nation is the nation of Israel until that time. And of course, at this time, uh, in history, Israel's been through a ton of stuff, much ahead in terms of Daniel's time that Israel would go through. But since there was a nation until that time, and at that time, your people, the people of Israel, everyone who is found written in the book, and I take that as the book of life, will be rescued. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the ground, here's the resurrection, will awake. So this is how we know it's the end of time. We know that the, the resurrection and the rapture take place at the second coming of Jesus. So if you ever had a question about that, when does the resurrection take place? When does the rapture take place? When Jesus comes. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. We're to comfort one another with these words. So this is the certainly the end of the age. The end of time is the context that we have here, just preceding the thousand-year reign of Christ. Many of those who sleep in the dust of the ground will awake. They will resurrect. These to everlasting life. Some will enter a resurrection of life, but others to disgrace and note it, everlasting contempt. There's a resurrection of the righteous to life, and a resurrection of the unrighteous to death, to everlasting contempt. And those who have insight, Daniel 12, 3, will shine brightly like the brightness of the expanse of heaven. And those who lead the many to righteousness, and this may have a last day's context, that is, those who stand for the faith, those who do great exploits in the name of their God, those who warn people not to take the mark uh, could be a possibility here. Those who are preaching the gospel, uh, they will shine brightly like the brightness of the expanse of heaven. Those who lead the many to righteousness will shine, notice, like the stars forever and ever. Now that's where we left off last time. And now the angel says, but as for you, Daniel, conceal these words and seal up the book until when? until the end of time or the time of the end. Many will go back and forth and knowledge will increase. So now the Bible says, as for you, Daniel, there's gonna be these people who shine. I think Daniel will be one of the stars that shine forever and ever, showing forth the character of God. But as for you, Daniel, at this time, you are to conceal these words and seal up the book until the end of time. 
There is going to be an end of time. There is going to be an end of the age. The world will not go on forever as it has been. Sunrise and sunset and so forth. There's going to be a time when Jesus intervenes, just like when he came on that starry Bethlehem night, there's going to be a time in our future when the Son of God will be revealed. And I believe it's going to be in a darkened sky, and I believe the Bible teaches that all the angels are coming with him, and it's going to be a radical uh, invasion, if you will, of the Son of God into the planet, like a light show like you've never seen before. He's going to light up the sky. His entrance is going to be so much that it'll be like the lightning that flashes from the east to the west. So shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Every eye will see him, Revelation 1.7. And the tribes of the earth will mourn. Jesus is coming again. This is what the Bible says. So people get ready. Jesus is coming Soon we'll be going home. I don't know when it's going to be. No, I can't sing like Crystal Lewis. Some of you don't even know that song, but that's all right. Notice in verse 4, but Daniel's told, as for you. Would you note that? Because for Daniel, he was not going to be alive to see the second coming of Jesus Christ. And I've got news for you. Only one generation is going to be alive at the second coming of Jesus Christ. And it may not be you either. Now, it may be you, but it may not be you. So what are we to do? Well, we have to apply as for you. You know, Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So there is going to be an as for you. In fact, Every generation that may have anticipated the second coming of Jesus Christ and didn't experience it in their lifetime, this would apply to them. As for you, you have to live your life. Uh, the, I don't remember who the uh, father, founding father was, but it was a time of war, and the daughter said to one of our founding fathers, is this the end of the world? And he said, I don't know but you need to live your life as though it's not. And you know, we've had many generations that have been excited about the prospects of the second coming of Jesus Christ, and we should always live in the light of the second coming, but we also need to also, <laughs> that's a bit redundant, also need to also, we need to live our lives. Because if Jesus doesn't come back in our lifetime, what should we be doing? Leading many to righteousness. Because all of you are going to experience what I would call a personal eschatology. Eschatology is the study of the last things or the end times or the last days. And should Jesus tarry, should he not come back in our lifetime, you're going to experience a personal eschatology. That is, the death rate is quite impressive. <laughs> I don't have to remind you, but here it is. One out of every one of us is going to die if Jesus doesn't come in our lifetime. And so we're going to have a personal eschatology to wrestle with. That is, as for you. See, one day you're going to stand before the risen Lord 
and it's going to be as for you. That is, what did you do with my son? What did you do with the gifts that, I've, that I gave you? How did you redeem your lifetime? That's really what we're talking about. Daniel was not going to see the second coming. He was not going to see really all these prophesied events were future to his own lifetime. Even, even Antiochus Epiphanes that we have learned about, who was a type of the Antichrist, who would come in the second century BC, Daniel would never see him either. So there is an as for you. And it's something that you need to score or underscore. This is a personal question. There's always an application as for you. Ezekiel 33, 7, Ezekiel's told, As for you, son of man, I've appointed you as a watchman for the house of Israel. So you will hear a message from my mouth and give them a warning from me. When uh, the John summing up the gospel of John, Peter uh, turns to the Lord and says, What about this man? And he's asking about John the apostle. What about him? And Jesus says, in essence, you don't worry about him. You follow me. If I want to keep John here until I come again, that's my business. You follow me. And so the question is, as for you, what does God have for you? What does he want you to be doing with your time, with your talent, with your treasure? And so notice it says, as for you, close up or shut up the words seal up the book until the end of time. Many will go back and forth, end of verse 4, and knowledge will increase. Now, there's been some commentaries written on the book of Daniel that believe that Daniel's talking about the increase in knowledge and travel. And so it's kind of something like this. Over the last hundred years plus, we've had the invention of the automobile, we've had the invention of airplanes, we've had the invention of all kinds of technology. In fact, about the last hundred years, wouldn't you say exponentially, uh, technology has is, is just gone almost like crazy. You know, now we have, uh, what are those things that you can do flyovers now with? What are those things? What are they? Drones. Drones. If you see one of those over your house, you might want to move. But anyway, <laughs> right? We have all this technology now where even warfare can be fought from an office, you know, with, with drones and that kind of thing. Is that what it's talking about? Well, notice it says that knowledge will increase. Certainly, I believe that you could say technological knowledge is increased, but I'm not sure that we're any smarter than Daniel's generation. In fact, in some ways, you might argue we're dumber. Wouldn't you agree? For example, the reading of books these days, like people spending time really thinking about deep subjects is, is fairly gone now. And we, we get enter, entertained with, you know, television and movies and whatever else we've got in front of us. I'm not sure that we are any smarter. So what is many will go back and forth and knowledge will increase? Well, Going back and forth here, most modern commentators believe that going back and forth has to do with the search of knowledge, but going to and fro or back and forth could be something like this. It could be going back and forth on the pages of Scripture. And so it may well be that the knowledge that's going to increase in the last days 
See, Daniel's told to seal up the book until the end of time, but there's going to be generations to follow. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. But first... Is it proper for Christians to celebrate Christmas? The Christmas season can appear to be a conflict of messages, images, and sentiments. The Origins of Christmas DVD will address frequently asked questions such as, Do we know Jesus' actual birth date? Did the early church celebrate the birthday of Jesus? Did Christians really steal Christmas from a pagan holiday? The Origins of Christmas DVD wraps up with a practical answer to one final question. Is it proper for Christians today to celebrate Christmas? And if so, how? Get your copy of the Origins of Christmas DVD today when you visit walkintruth.com. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. In some ways, you might argue we're dumber. Wouldn't you agree? For example, the reading of books these days, like people spending time really thinking about deep subjects is is fairly gone now. And we we get entertained with, you know, television and movies and whatever else we've got in front of us. I'm not sure that we are any smarter. So what is many will go back and forth and knowledge will increase? Well, Going back and forth here, most modern commentators believe that going back and forth has to do with the search of knowledge, but going to and fro or back and forth could be something like this. It could be going back and forth on the pages of Scripture. And so it may well be that the knowledge that's going to increase in the last days See, Daniel's told to seal up the book until the end of time, but there's going to be generations to follow that will look at this prophecy and they, their knowledge of, of what it says will increase. You might say, well, is that a bit egotistical? I don't think so, because Daniel didn't have, for example, the New Testament. You do. Daniel did not have the book of Revelation. You do. Daniel's penning the book of Daniel right now. He did not have the revelation. He did not have the full 66 books of the Bible. You do. Daniel has not seen the return of Israel to the land, at least in 1948, and capturing Jerusalem in 1967. You have. In fact, I would tell you that uh, even commentators prior to 1948, before Israel became a nation, many commentators were trying to spiritualize a lot of this stuff because they couldn't see how it could happen because Israel wasn't even back in the land. How could there be a rebuilt temple? How could there be an antichrist going into the temple proclaiming himself to be God? There's no temple. They're not even in the land. So knowledge has increased. We've been given more. And to much is given, much is required. And so in our generation, we have have a lot of prophecy experts. We have prophecy conferences. We have... All this stuff that goes on and knowledge of the prophetic end times eschatology study, like a formal study of eschatology, which is a study of the last days, really has come into vogue, you know, more recently. It's not something that was always there in a formal teaching where you could go maybe into a classroom and study the end times, but now you can Uh, I'm amazed at how much is available at our fingertips and resources uh, as in study tools. When I first started preaching, I had, you know, the college uh, notebook paper 
And I would even write my cross-references by hand because I didn't have a Bible program. I didn't have the, you know, some of you just go to the Blue Letter Bible. Now you can look at Hebrew and Greek. Well, years ago, if you wanted to look at Hebrew and Greek, you had something called the Strong's Concordance. How many of you remember the Strong's Concordance? It was a book about that thick. <laughs> and what you did is you had to look up the Strong's number to match the word that you were trying to figure out. And the type was so small in this book that people who didn't even need readers needed readers. <laughs> That's how you did it. But now, you can look up Hebrew and Greek words. You, can, you have these, you know, parallel versions of the Bible where you can look at multiple versions. You can have a, a Greek, you know, version of the Bible right next to the English. There's all kinds of stuff available at your fingertips. And so, you could say that the knowledge here has increased that is, of understanding these prophecies. So the original document, uh, Daniel is instructed to shut up or seal up the words until the end, verse four. Frank Gabeline's comments are most helpful. He says, in the ancient Near East, important documents such as contracts, promissory notes, deeds of conveyance were written out in duplicate. The original document was kept in a secure repository safe closed up from uh, later tampering in order to conserve the interests and rights of all parties in the transaction. Ryrie, making the following comment on this verse, says this. He says, not that its meaning was to be left unexplained, but that the book was to be kept intact so as to help those living in the future or in Daniel's 70th week or at the end of time. Even Daniel didn't understand these things as we'll see. The new annotated study Bible comes closer to the truth, says one author, when it comments on the text in this way. It was impossible to understand the significance of these prophecies in Daniel's own day. But God indicated that at the time of the end, many would seek to understand these predictions and to be able to do so. The command to Daniel to shut up the words referring to his book meant to keep it safe for the appropriate time. You all know that the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered in Israel and documents were preserved for, uh, what, a thousand years or, or more and it allowed us to tap into documents that were preserved. And so maybe that kind of idea is here. So running to and fro in Hebrew has the idea of a person searching for something and that is searching for knowledge. And uh, imagine... If you were to enter into these times and uh, let's say that your pastor was going through Philippians and let's just say that you started to see some signs of the end like uh, maybe an antichrist figure. Would you tell your pastor, hey pastor, we might want to redirect and study the book of Daniel. Amen? We might want to redirect and study Revelation because... We have access to these prophecies. And this could and would and will become a guidebook for a generation to come because they'll be able to read it and know how to navigate the times. It will become all important to someone who may be facing these times. And we know there's certain Jewish people that are going to face these times and possibly even uh, the saints. And so that's where this is going to be huge. So many will go to and fro, back and forth. Knowledge will increase. I pray that 
that's true of us, that our eyes are going to and fro on the scriptures, that we're drinking in the word of God as much as possible. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Then I, Daniel, looked and behold, two others, these are angels, were standing, verse five, one on this bank of the river, this is the Tigris we saw earlier in chapter 10, and the other on the bank of the river, so they're each on opposite shores. And the one said to the man dressed in linen who was above the waters of the river, he's a third person here now, person in quotes, how long will it be until the end of these wonders? The angel didn't even know. The angel says to the one dressed in linen, okay, well, how long will it be? I mean, that is the crucial question, right? If this is what's gonna happen, how long will it be till the end? What's gonna be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? And this man dressed in linen who's above the waters seems to have the answers. The angels don't even know the time of all of this, but the one dressed in linen does. He's above the river, the Tigris here, and angels are on opposite shores, and it makes me think of, and take this for what it's worth, it makes me think of the Ark of the Covenant. Because in the Ark of the Covenant, the, the chest that held the Ten Commandments that was, uh, Moses was given instructions to build it. Remember, if you saw Indiana Jones, you've seen it before. You have the angel's wings touching over the box. And above the angel's wings is called the mercy seat. So you have two angels on two opposite sides of the river and this man dressed in linen, which we've identified, we believe is Jesus, above the two angels. And Jesus Christ, according to Romans 3.25, is our mercy seat. He's above the river, above the issues of life. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. He is coming again and he will judge the world. And just like he was over the river, the Nile, if you will, he was over the sea, the Red Sea. So he is over the Tigris. He's over the nations of the world. All the nations are like a drop in the bucket to him. He, he is God over everything. Maybe that's the message here. But it also points, I believe, to his deity. Daniel is still observing the scene by the side of the river. You can write down chapter 10, verse 4. And so one angel says to the one dressed in linen, how long? How long will it be until the end of these wonders, these things that occur? This is Psalm 80, verses 1 through 3. It says, O give ear, shepherd of Israel, thou who does lead Joseph like a flock, thou who art enthroned above the cherubim, shine forth. Before Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh, stir up your power and come to save us. O God, restore us and cause thy face to shine upon us and we will be saved. The message, the Lord is over the waters. The Lord is over the seas. The Lord is over the peoples. The Lord is over your problems. The Lord is over everything. And we have a God of mercy. We have the mercy seat. And he's going to intervene. And he's going to save his people again. He saved them out of the land of Egypt. He's rescued them out of multiple dangers. And he will do it again. I'll see you do it again. Verse 7. And I heard the man dressed in linen. We believe this is Jesus now. Who was above the waters of the river 
as he raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven. And he swore by him who lives forever that it would be, the question, how long? The answer, for a time, times, and a half a time. Now, if you've been with us for a while, you know that that's what? Three and a half years, 1260 days. Now we get the answer. How long is this going to be? How long is this going to go on? It's going to happen for three and a half years. Now from Daniel 9.27, we learn that at the three and a half year point, halfway between the last seven years, that's Daniel's 70th week, what's going to happen? We're going to have something called the abomination that causes desolation. Intriguing stuff. Well, you'll learn more about the abomination of desolation tomorrow in the message called The End of the Age. I want to let you know that your financial support is greatly appreciated. You are partnering with us in the greatest work of all. When you give to Walk in Truth, you're essentially helping us pay for everything that goes into getting this program on the radio. None of us gets a paycheck from doing what we do but we are grateful that we can get the Word of God on the air. We would love to enter this new year with the ability to grow this ministry so we can reach more towns and more people like you with a powerful teaching of the Word of God. Please visit walkintruth.com today and click on the Donate button on the top right-hand corner. You can either give a one-time tax-deductible donation or I would love it if you believe in our mission, if you believe in what we do, If you would become a monthly partner, visit walkintruth.com. Thank you so much. God bless you. And a very blessed and Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, encouraging you to reach out with God's truth to all people.